0: Welcome back to another episode of the What Do We Do podcast. On today's show, I'm joined by Dr. Eddie Connor. Dr. Eddie is a motivational speaker and influencer. He's not only survived stage four cancer, he's written 16 books, and he's also just given his first TED Talk. He's here to share with us what we can all do to turn our dreams
1: into reality. It's going to be a great show, so let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the What Do We Do
0: podcast. I'm your host, Dewey Stefan, and today is another guest episode. That's where we bring on a leader in the community who has a story to tell, knowledge to share, and advice to give. And then we invite them on into the studio to join our team where together everyone achieves more and today's guest is Dr. Eddie Connor and he is such an amazing leader in our community. I'm going to tell you just a few things about him and then we'll bring him on. Dr. Eddie is a best-selling author, college professor, international speaker and TV host. He also is a survivor of stage four cancer and now he spends all of his time empowering others to overcome their obstacles. Truly amazing. In addition to that, Dr. Eddie has authored 16 books, including the one we're going to talk about today, Identity, and the critically acclaimed My Brother's Keeper. In addition to that, Dr. Eddie is a recipient of the President Barack Obama Volunteer Service Award and the Presidential Barack Obama Lifetime Achievement Award from the White House. Also, I'm not done. He is recognized as one of the top 35 millennial influencers in America and listed in the top 100 leaders in Who's Who in Black Detroit and named to Michigan's Chronicles Top 40 Under 40. Last but certainly not least. Dr. Eddie is the cousin of one of the world's most influential entertainers and musicians, the late legendary Prince. Dr. Eddie grew up in Kingston, Jamaica, but now lives in Detroit, Michigan. With all of that, Dr. Eddie, welcome to the show.
1: What an honor to be on your show. This is what we do. Glad to be on What Do We Do. Well, I appreciate
0: (laughs) that. And I'm gonna say Wagwan. (laughs) Okay, Jamaica, Jamaica yeah, man, real team, no, no problem. Absolutely, no problem, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to have a great hour. I'm so yeah, excited absolutely. to have you here. Yeah. Your story is amazing. You're phenomenal. And I can't wait to share it with our entire community, okay? Oh, absolutely. Are you ready to get into it? Let's go. All right, we're going to start by getting into it right off the bat. I have a game I like to play called High-Low. And what that means is I'd like to know what the high point of your life has been to this point and also the low point of your life to this point.
1: Whoa. High point uh, being recognized as uh, one of 62 uh, men in America. Uh, to receive the President Barack Obama Volunteer Service Award for the work I'm doing in the community, for mentorship, to, for giving back, for really uh, uh, amplifying the fact that service is the rent we pay for the space we occupy. So uh, a few years ago um, in, in D.C. was invited to come there and to receive that award. So I uh, got this gold medal and uh, award from the written letter from the president. So it's, it's, it's uh, one of those awards that up there, you know, in, in, in the pantheon of one of my, you know, proudest achievements. Uh, low point, um, I would say losing my grandfather. The, this year marks uh, the 10-year anniversary that he has uh, passed on. Um, and so my, my grandfather, uh, Harry Smith Jr. was a uh, teacher, was a leader, was a, a scholar in many cases as well as a uh, World War II veteran. Um, he uh, actually didn't start school till he was 12 years of age uh, simply because he was working in the fields and sharecropping in Texas. and Um, persevered. Being teased as the biggest, of course, the tallest kid in class, but he uh, was really adamant about getting his education and uh, wound up becoming a teacher. And uh, I've walked in his footsteps and trying to be uh, half the man he was uh, to live the best life.
0: So that's uh, an amazing high. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry to hear about the low, but um, you know, as I was doing some research and talking to some of your friends about yourself, learning that um, you know, your parents uh, got divorced right. when you were a child, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully you'll share some of that, that could have been a low point. Yeah. Um, also, being diagnosed with stage 4 cancer when you're still in high school, yeah. that's got to be a low point. So um, really, that's a testament to the relationship you had with your grandfather, yeah. I would yeah. guess. So right. uh-huh. um, celebrate that. You know, amen. Uh, But maybe uh, why don't we pivot? So thank you for sharing very much um, and being vulnerable right out of the gate. But let's uh, get into it. Maybe tell your story um, your way. I gave some high points. I let the low points come to you. But um, how about we go from there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, uh, 2023 marks 23 years of me being cancer free. And so to uh, overcome obstacles, to uh, find the can in cancer so to speak. I, I really believe uh, your tes- a testimony, your misery is ministry, your mess is a message, your stumbling block is a stepping stone. Uh, what God will do is He'll use your setbacks as a setup for your greatest comeback. He, he'll, he'll use your tragedy as strategy you know, and find grace from grief is uh, really where my life aligns and uh, it, I'm a living witness that you can bounce back from a setback. You know, and, and, and going through the trauma, the, the tears, my father not visiting me, me one day in the hospital. Uh, people who I thought were praying for me were literally praying on me, uh, sitting on the sideline expecting my demise, to watch my hair fall out of my hair, to get chemo and radiation five days a week, to not be around my uh, classmates at, at a time where identity crisis is everything and I'm in high school. Um, and then to be told years after coming out of cancer uh, to walk into a store and see a guy who I recognize and he recognized me, didn't say what up though, didn't say hello, didn't say what do we do, but he just said... Uh, I thought you died. Imagine greeting somebody like that, you know, and uh, uh, it, it it sent chills through my body—heat and chills. I was getting ready to have a Will Smith, Chris Rock moment. I wasn't gonna be Chris, you know. And so to uh, uh, bounce back and let people know, listen, I didn't die. I multiplied, you know. I, I lived through dying places, um, and that's uh, my claim to fame. That's the the glory of the story, so to speak, and uh, letting people know that. Um, you know, uh, a death sentence doesn't have to necessarily be a life sentence.
0: So how did you overcome that? So what um, uh, helped the cancer, again, go into remission? Yeah. And then from there, you know, what did catapult you? Is it, you know, your faith? Is it some friends that did visit you in the hospital? Uh-huh. Um, you graduated high school, certainly graduated uh, college as well. So maybe then take the story uh, to the next step.
1: Yeah, dealing with depression, mental discombobulation, just the the, the angst. You talk about mental health, um, all of it. Uh, coalesced into one, sometimes you go through things that you wouldn't even wish on your worst enemy. Um, and if it wasn't for a praying mama, uh, my praying mother who told me, he said, Everybody gets knocked down in life, but a knockdown is not a knockout unless you stay down. You know, you got to get back up again. Um, Muhammad Ali said the canvas is no place for a champion. And so being able to bounce back from that setback and, and taking it and taking my mind to the level of this is just one more treatment closer to total healing. Um, as long as I'm alive, I can still fight. I can still uh, believe. I actually had a a, a a hat from Make-A-Wish Foundation while I was dealing with cancer when I lost all my hair, signed by Kobe Bryant, the late great Kobe Bryant. Um, I still have that hat to this day. And This was when he was wearing not 24, number eight, um, first iteration of the, the the you know being with the Lakers, and you know those little things, people coming into your life, saying a word of, of encouragement and of empowerment help to change the trajectory of my mindset and um, think positive in a negative situation. I've had similar situations you know, in my
0: past and I'm not gonna uh, re- uh, revisit those today. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked about them in prior podcasts, but um, do you come from a position of positivity and you know, um, every day is a beautiful day above ground, so to speak, or the other way, uh-uh, I'm gonna, um, Prove my haters wrong, or I'm just gonna do this for myself. I don't have anybody, so I'm just gonna make it my own. You know, um, everyone has their network. Everyone has mm-hmm. who they would go to. But kind of where did you again find that strength? In addition to your your crying mama, as you said, yeah, yeah, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely a praying mother, but also the whole aspect of uh, personal faith. Um, you know, believing that there was something greater for me here, to hear, for me to do here. Uh, on this planet, and, and uh, God may allow me to go through the suffering, but there's a blessing that's coming out on the other side. And uh, you know, believing that, taking my mindset to that, and then also being a competitor. You know, uh, nobody can. To, for you to beat me, you're going to have to rip my heart out. You know, I, I'm I'm a competitor, and it's really not against anybody else. It's me versus me. What can I do to get better today than yesterday? to where the achievement is, alright, I've improved in this area, I've taken my life to this uh, level, I've, I've grown, I've healed, I've developed in this particular area, and, and the only person who can beat me is me. And um, I just began to internalize that fight and say, alright, this, this, this is the worst thing I'm ever going to d- deal with and, 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 and grapple with. If I can beat this, I can beat anything. If I can beat this, I can deal with the challenges of today and tomorrow and yesterday and healing from the vestiges of my past. And and that's what I internalized. I took that on.
0: I think that's amazing. And I agree with you 110%. We've had other guests on this show. They talk about grit. Yeah. And grit is yeah. such a word that I think um, it's going to become maybe the word of 2024. I mean, it mm. might be here now, mm. but again, you have to be a competitor. You have yeah. to uh, fight against yourself, yeah. right? And um, that just gives chills down my spine. I've got mm. three children who aren't so young anymore, but um, I see that there are times when their back's against the wall, yeah. they have yeah. grit. Yeah. When they need to get something done, they have that mm-hmm. attitude, that competitive. I've got to get this done. I know I can succeed. Yeah. But there are other times where they take the foot off the pedal. They just like, yeah, this is cool. And, um, you know, whether that's a C student that could be a B student, a B student that could be an A student, but hey, all I got to do is get a C to pass the class. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think at some point you can't, you know, I don't have the, the, the um, eloquent um, uh, speak that you have, uh, Dr. Eddie, but, you know, there are, you have to take a pause once in a while you burn out if you cruise all the time i guess at your highest level but do you know what i mean where and that's where i'm maybe i'm going to spend my time trying to peel back how do people find that grit or that competitive because whether it's in the inner city of detroit to Mm -hmm. i don't know the suburbs where you know some people that have a better means are left alone because different situations do you know what i mean it's it's like an individual situation
1: I, i think so and i think it's uh you know life situations um Two people can be going through the same thing, and one internalizes it differently. You know, I think it's it's really about a mindset shift. um, You know, to where you can go through and not. Some people can go through and not grow through, and I think the grow through comes through the grit of what it is that you uh, experience and say. All right, there's something better for me on this other side. Um, You can't just rest on your laurels. You can't get down on yourself. Um, you deal sometimes with the continuum of depression, of mental angst and anxiety and things of that nature. But it is the fact that I, I've overcome and I'm, I'm taking one step to get better each and every single day. And I think that's you know, the fortitude and the fire of, of, of really how you bounce back and how you now use that story to help somebody else come out as well. Yeah, I think that's fantastic.
0: Um, so, what was the stepping stone or uh, your en- your entrance into the world of sharing with others? Was it a, uh, your first book? Did you just get on stage? Did you uh, you know sort of pull someone out of the water that was drowning? So, you know, what was it that took it from just you and your fight to your fight to
1: the masses? You know, I never wanted to be a speaker at all. Uh, I never wanted to do what I'm doing now. I never even saw myself doing it. It is actually uh, just the fact that. Um, I, people wanted me to start sharing my story of, of coming out of cancer, whether it's from the American Cancer Society, whether it's uh, at churches. Uh, I shared my first story um, and actually uh, began empowering people in churches in Kingston, Jamaica, where I grew up for part of my life. And um, it was a message that it was called Destined to Overcome the Odds. And I think that really became the life journey for me uh, to realize that you know, this is w- of what it is that I'm going through and growing through. There are so many other people who are dealing and suffering in silence. To be able to silence the shame, to be able to speak life into people's lives and let them know uh, that this is not just the end of the tunnel. This is not just the end of your rope. And even if you are at the end of the rope, tie a knot hanging there. <laughs> and so uh, it, it started from that and I was kind of forced into it. And But it became a, a, a love for me to be able to see the reaction to... To read the people's faces, to hear the comments and the feedback after people—wow, you know—coming, grown men coming with tears in their eyes—that really spoke to me, and so um, that really really shifted the trajectory of my life. To say, all right, on the other side of this pain is purpose, and I think this is the route for me. So, did you um, write a book? Did I think
0: I learned? I read somewhere that that's what you did do, but um, you know what was the message and how did you share it
1: yeah I wrote my first book with literally a dollar and a dream to my name in a dorm room at Eastern Michigan University Um, and it was actually I had to be uh almost coerced to do it by my mother you know she was really dogmatic about it she almost had to discipline me to write my book and I said all right I'm going to write this book it's going to be for you it was called Finding the Can in Cancer it was my first book said, I'll never write another book again. And as I was writing, though, I was healing. I had to forgive a father who never uh, showed up for me one day in the hospital. I had to forgive somebody who never gave me an apology. And um, the the bitterness that I had towards him was preventing me from becoming the man that I was supposed to be. And um, I had to forgive people who I felt dropped the ball on me and just left me for dead and scattered in the valley but want to show up when I'm on the mountaintop. And um, I had to mature through some things. And uh, it was in that isolation where I, I, I received personal revelation. And I just began to write transparently and, and uh, painfully about what it is that I went through. And after you write your first book, generally people are coming back and saying, when's the next one coming? And so um, again, as I said, I never wanted to be a writer at all. Uh, but writing became therapeutic for me and, and each time I'm, I'm writing it. it it unveils another chapter in my life, and um, you know, blessed to be able to do what I do and and, and, and make not just an income but an impact. Right,
0: you're 16 yeah. chapters in. Right, yeah, it's yeah, 16, right. 16. Right. Books so we're up. gonna talk about this book right. right now and get to it. But before I do that. Um, Let's close the circle with your father. I have a very similar situation with Mm, my dad mm. um, and I have never had contact with him since, you know, Mm. the event that I had, which was, you know, a version of yours. So Mm. have you had contact since uh, your recovery and is there a relationship with him now or kind of if you can share that with us?
1: Yeah, um, I definitely have. And he apologized to me some years later, but I'm grateful that I I had even forgiven him before that. Uh, We don't we don't have a close relationship at all, but we're amicable. You know, a lot of times our conversations just surface level sports and entertainment or whatever the case may be and how you're doing and what's life like right now. Um, But I've settled with the fact that he is who he is, but it's not going to stop me from being who I'm supposed to be. And I just use all of that as motivation. I'm grateful that positive male images and role models, you know, like yourself and mentors have come into my life. Uh, to show me what way to go and what manhood and masculinity is all about uh, beyond just the performative aspect. But really, uh, the whole aspect that that manhood is um, being a mature assertive nurturer and um, um, accountability, responsibility, maturity. And uh, I I think mentors are people who come into your life, you know, life teaches you in two ways, mistakes and mentors. It's better to learn from the mistakes of a mentor than to make your own. And so, I'm a person who is not hesitant or negligent to ask for help or for guidance. Um, and sometimes, when you're in the great the room of of great people, the the, the opportunity is not always to speak; it's to listen. And so, uh, being able to be a sponge and absorb information, knowledge, and then follow the the trail that was already blazed, rather than trying to chart my own
0: path. Yeah, no, I I, I dig that too. I really yeah, appreciate yeah. you saying that. Um, on that next uh, step. Um, besides your father, and um, having, you know, having um, some closure there. How did you find that other piece? Is it through your faith and praying and going to church? We Mm -hmm. talk about, again, uh, mental health on these podcasts Mm -hmm. that, again, you need to talk to somebody, whoever's out there watching and listening. And again, I'll take a moment to thank all of our listeners out there in uh, podcast world and all of our viewers in YouTube Nation. Thanks for tuning in. Hit the subscribe button. Share this with friends. Together, everyone achieves more. We appreciate you being here. And um, Dr. Eddie, you know, uh, again, whether it's talking to your significant other, talking to um, your 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 faith, talking to a psychologist, mm-hmm. talking to your your pet, but getting it out, right? Yeah. So, how did you um, you know um, get through that?
1: Yeah, um, a lot of times there were some dark, difficult days for me, and I had a lot of uh, some a few male role models that came into my life. One was my former principal in high school. Uh, mr herb ivory um and he visited me in the hospital he encouraged me and he still does through these years Uh, i just got off the phone with him just the other day um and i grew up in you know uh, when you think about race and culture and predominantly a black community didn't really have much exposure to people outside of who looked like me until i went through cancer and uh, um, a white gentleman and actually his wife um she was my homebound teacher in, in high school, and um, her husband took me to my first baseball game. And it was a, an opportunity for me to, to look beyond just the lens of race and see people beyond just their skin color, but see them for who they are. And uh, he embraced me like I was a son, you know, um, and they couldn't have any children specifically, they uh, adopted children. And um, you know, just the transparency and the the fathering, you know, really helped to to mold me and and to shape me and to you know change my view on people and, and the world around me and recognize that you know everybody everybody doesn't always have bad intentions. And so um, to you know look through the lens and all of that and have those types of individuals who who came into my life, you know, I'm I'm on this show because of a Tom Grafford, you know, who introduced us and brought us together. Um, and it is just those specific people that you meet a, around and across in life that, you know, you just know your steps are ordered and, and there's divine intervention and, and things don't just happen by coincidence and happenstance, it's actually purposeful design. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's the, the beauty of what life weaves and brings together. Yeah, no, I
0: agree with you. And we talk about that as well, that um, it's easier for extroverts probably than introverts, but um, the extroverts need to help the introverts or the introverts have to find, uh, you know, uh, a path. So that because it is your community, we talk about community, community, community and family first Mm -hmm. and all those things come into play in your community. can be your family. Absolutely. Right. All right. Before we get into this book, because we talked about mentoring and let's talk about Boys to Books, because that's kind of along those same lines of, um, you know, giving back and being a mentor. So let's talk about that program that you started.
1: Yeah. Boys to Books is the, the genesis of that journey comes from what I didn't have. And I was, I think the, the 13, 14, 15 year old me was searching for, you know, the father figure. You know, I was looking on TV and, you know, Michael Jordan becomes a surrogate father figure for you you're looking at Denzel Washington or all these other, you know, moguls. And, you know, you're looking up those pictures and images of masculinity and, and I saw a gap as I was teaching in high school that oftentimes when boys open books, they close their eyes. And I was working on my master's degree and I saw the interconnection, it was in reading and literacy, I saw there there's an interconnection between illiteracy and incarceration. Um, uh, the illiteracy rate in the city of Detroit is 47%, close to 50%. Um, when you think about uh, close to 50 million Americans are functionally illiterate, cannot read past the fourth grade level. Um, and illiteracy and is interconnected with society and community and lack of development. And I really wanted to, to mentor and speak life into the lives of you know, many of the 13, 14, 15 year old boys who were without a father like I was. And it was an opportunity for many cases for me to mentor my young self who was void of what many of our boys are void of. And so um, I believe um, as Frederick Douglass said, if we build strong children, we won't have to repair broken adults. I believe if we build strong boys, we won't have to repair broken men. And empowering our boys to move from boyhood to manhood, I think is through that lens of mental health and you can't spell mental health without men heal. You know, unveiling myself to show them, these are my flaws, these are my weaknesses, these are how I turn weaknesses into strength. This is what manhood is about. Beyond just the women, beyond just some money, beyond just some cars and clothes and all the performative aspects of what society demonizes uh, masculinity to be. Real men lead, real men succeed, real men learn, real men read It is not something that's effeminate. And academic success is really what it's all about. And and being a good son, being a good brother, being an honorable father, uh, being a faithful husband, all of those specific things are what, you know, our boys can develop into. And so myself and many other positive men in the community who come from a diversity of of life uh, are able to, uh, you know, share their time and their talent and their treasure to uh, make a uh, deposit in our young people. So how does Boys to Books
0: work? How does it yeah. work?
1: Yes, an after-school program um, that I've been working at with, with various high schools and middle schools, and um, we do a lot of mentorship in regards to using books as a bridge, uh, whether it is looking at books such as Letters to a Young Brother, whether it is uh, books such as We Beat the Street, whether it is book like I've written such as My Brother's Keeper and um, we'll test their reading level. And I, a lot of times our boys are reading below grade level. You know, I've, I've been mentoring and, and trying to empower guys who are in the ninth grade on third grade reading level. And beyond just a dropout rate in high school, a lot of times there's a pushout rate. Nobody wants to deal with Johnny. Nobody wants to deal with Jamal. So we just push him on to the next grade. And he's just suffering the sounds or he's acting out emotionally because nobody's catering to the need in the home And in the school and the environment. And so I try to be the bridge to, you know, between the principals and teachers and the parents uh, to to provide some connectivity.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Um, It really is. Okay. Next uh, on that would be Identity. This is the uh, 16th book, Dr. Eddie Connor. So uh, let's talk about it. What's the uh, genesis? What uh, made it come to fruition? What's it about? And uh, what are we going to do with it?
1: yeah you know we're in this post pandemic world and i think everybody's trying to figure it out uh, whether it's churches communities organizations where do we go from here and i think we're all going through to a certain degree an identity crisis and we're just trying to figure it out and so uh the subtitle of the book is keys to discover your uniqueness and unlock your greatness and i really believe that somebody's waiting for you to become who you are so they can become who they're supposed to be Here's the question, how much longer will you make them wait? You know, whether it's a book, whether it's the business, whether it's the blueprint for uh, change the trajectory of society, you got to shake things up, you Gotta, got you to know, be a disruptor. And uh, I, I think those are the type of individuals who think big and are imaginative about life and society who are going to sh- change the trajectory of our culture. Can you share maybe some of the most you know I don't know powerful
0: or impactful messages that are either in here or other you know your other books and really you know what the audience um, you know received and, and what, what was the result of it all?
1: Yeah, uh, I think it comes from uh, chapters in my life and and it speaks to the aspect of personal transformation. And sometimes that personal transformation is traversed through the road of trauma. Uh, Trauma to a certain degree, as uh, many researchers have suggested, becomes uh, a a light for the cauldron for people to actually do something worthwhile. Because I've been through something, because this hurt me so much, I don't want to experience that pain and I don't want anybody else to experience that pain either. So now it becomes the drive. It becomes the moving force for me to uh, really change people's lives. And so uh, healing, transparency, uh, overcoming trauma and, and personal truth uh, is, is really what it's all about. And then also categorizing our relationships. Uh, I think if we can you know, have emotional intelligence and relational intelligence, uh, you know, we can live, live life not impulsively, but more intelligently uh, to where we're, we're able to provide transformative change in our community. There's a lot of uh, folks
0: out there um, with low self-esteem. There's yeah. a lot that are um, not confident. They're, um, they're just guarded in many, many ways. What advice would you give them? And again, is it in some of the books that you've written or is it just from some of the speeches and some of the motivating um, talks that you've given? You know, what advice would you give to help them you know, boost their self-esteem, boost you know, their morale?
1: Yeah, uh, I think you got to affirm yourself you got to affirm yourself. The, the words that you say to yourself are more important than the words that people say to you about you. And a lot of times we allow what uh, your uncle said or what your friend said or what your hater said to cloud your judgment. And I think you got to take the time to, to look yourself in the mirror, to write yourself a note, to chart your goals, to, to speak life, to point at yourself and say, I'm coming out. I'm, there's a king inside of me. To our sisters, there's a queen inside of you. My better days are not behind me. they're ahead of me. You know my, I believe your future or your funeral is on the tip of your tongue. You know Your words create your world. What you speak into the atmosphere will appear. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. so I think when we begin to tell ourselves what we can do, as Henry Ford said, if you say you can or you can't, you're right. <laughs> you know And so uh, we, we have to uh, right our wrongs about ourselves, and I believe that's going to change our identity. When we come into a room, we'll change the atmosphere with with our, our our personality and 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 not moving pride and ego but actually just move into the whole aspect of uh personal development and identity
0: yeah i, I agree with that as well so yeah. thank you for saying that and uh, uh kind of a fast fact or a funny fact of that um when i was in my 20s and had roommates um after college and kind of getting started in my career i kind of had a little bit of low self-esteem mm-hmm. i um, certainly had many blessings but i also knew that compared to my roommates you know I. I didn't stack up in many ways and if you're out there don't don't hold it over my head but so I used to (laughs) so I used to get in front of the mirror every day and I would like yell out to the house uh, in the mirror so that's what I'm referencing I used to say you know what guys um I can't wait for tomorrow as I'm looking in the mirror, and they're like, "Why is that?" I go, "Cause I get better looking every day, <laughs> right?" So, um, you again, you have to have something yeah. to whether just to, to give yourself that confidence. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I like to have deep conversations with folks. And I'm going to challenge you right now. There are many that say um, you don't do that. You keep it quiet. You know, they say go off into. You know the the desert and train in private and don't Mm. speak it into existence quietly go prepare and then come back the warrior and you know destroy you know what it is that you're up against right i've always said the opposite i've always said speak it into existence whether i'm competing whether we're doing business it's not like um, against someone in a negative way it's just to tell myself i don't want to become a failure if i've said i'm going to do something i don't do it yeah. then, um, then I, you know, I've, I've fallen short. I'm a failure. I've not been a man of my word. So mm-hmm. um, it doesn't always happen, but that's the approach I give is where I say this, I'm going to win. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Um, where others, to me, say, you got to talk less and shh, just prove it. You know, yeah. Silently do it. Yeah. What
1: do you think about that? You know, if failure is loud, success has got to be even louder. And I think you got to get loud with you about you and where you want to be. you you got to let the atmosphere hear it got to let the environment hear it. You got to let the hater hear it, right? You got you to gotta let yourself hear it before you I- expect to receive it and before you expect it to manifest. And so, uh, you know, closed mouths don't get fed on this boulevard. You know, you, you got to get loud about what it is that you want and what you expect. And then the, the work ethic has to now meet the language of what it is. You know, when you, when you think about, Tom Brady, he said, you know, they asked him what's his favorite Super Bowl. He said the next one. Right. Right. I'm putting it out into the atmosphere. Listen, no, there's not, I'm not a fluke. I'm not a, you know, a one-shot pony. I'm not a one-hit wonder. You're going to see me over and over and over and over again because, you know, success is equivalent to greatness. And so uh, you got to tap, tap into your own greatness and, and, and get loud about it. Good. Well, I'll give you
0: one of these. Yeah, Booyah, yeah, there right, we there. Go, right there. Right we go. You've got to let it happen. <laughs> what do we do? That's exactly you know? right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, there's another gentleman out there, Gary V. Gary yeah, Vanderschek. Yeah, yeah. You familiar? Yeah. So he says something a lot, which is um, if you don't expect anything, you'll never be disappointed. And I, mm. I know what he means, mm. but I take it more literally to where he's like, you know what? Um, you want to not be disappointed, um, don't have expectations. Mm. You know, just give, 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 give. Don't expect, don't expect, don't expect. And um, I have a different quote that's in our office, which says when much is given, much is expected, mm. right? And mm. um, and I challenge to kind of, am I right? Is he right? Um, what is it? If you're out there and saying you're going to do something or I'm going to provide you with, you know, opportunities others don't have um you need to execute those opportunities but then there's disappointment if you've given and you haven't received so um you know any comments to that philosophy or that thought process yeah
1: Yeah, it is kind of a a chop wood and carry water type of aspect and mindset and you know you just keep your head down you just plant 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 and you know if the harvest comes it comes I, i think you you do have to couple that mindset with the whole aspect that certain people in your life are assignments you know, A lot of times we, we try to make friends assignments, we try to make associates assignments, we, wanna, uh, we want advisors to be friends, but I think there are certain people who are assignments in your life and when you have the mindset to impact, to empower, to enhance, to cultivate, you have to understand that you may not always get it back in the same way that you gave it. I may not get it back when I, if I planted this, this particular uh, arena from this particular person, they may not be able to pay it forward back to me because what I may be, they may have the intent, but not the extent. And so I have to understand that it may come in a different space, at a different time, from a different person, and I have to be okay with that, even in a different year, but it's gonna come back to me. It is the law of sowing and reaping. I can't just put out good and it not return back to me, right, and so we just can't always expect it in the same way. Sometimes you just have to expect the unexpected, and it's just gonna happen in its own time, But I have to keep doing good even though people may not always treat me good. So again, that
0: cliche of you uh, do good and you'll do well. Mm. I understand that and I do certainly the, the same way that yeah. just be a giver mm. and you'll receive blessings, whether it's directly or indirectly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But again, I, um, when you go back to grit, you go back to hard work, mm-hmm. you go back to um, what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's overcoming um, an illness, whether it's mm. a building a business, whether it's graduating at school, whether it's mending a broken relationship, you have to put in that work. And when you put it in, um, I guess the other person may not, you know, reciprocate, yeah. but um, I guess at some point, somebody's got to be held accountable, I guess, right? And sure. so I don't know, maybe that's a struggle that I have that yeah. um, it's hard to just, hey, maybe they won't come back the way you want. You know, maybe right. that, they won't right. return your phone call. You've written them letters. You've, you've tried to reach out. They just keep giving you the middle finger. Just let it go. Let it go. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to let it go sometimes. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: it, it's tough. And uh, I've internalized it as, as no means new opportunity. You know, rejection is direction, rejection is redirection. Um, they're going to um, have to embrace you one day or the other. It may not necessarily be in the, the time frame that you specifically expected but if you keep working hard, if you keep focusing on your purpose, if you keep following the route uh, to your destiny, those same haters are going to become cheerleaders. I've seen it happen time and time again, yeah. it never fails. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and for all of our younger viewers and our younger listeners, and again, this could be for anyone, but we're really, we're talking to you. Like, you know, if you're a teenager and you're young twenties and heck, even if you're in your thirties and something's going on, listen to what Dr. Eddie says, seriously, turn it into an opportunity. Yeah, turn yeah. that lemon into lemonade. That's the only one I got. I go not No, No, you, you, you no, know no, that's what I mean? bars, that's bars, uh-huh. you, got you got it. So let's talk about what happened recently and we're going to come back to a few more things, but the TEDx, the oh, TED yeah. talk that happened here in metro detroit recently and so um, i was not able to be there but i heard about it and so maybe share that experience share what you talked about what your topic was and uh what you shared and then uh, what you thought of the whole event and all that goes with it
1: yes um tedx was absolutely phenomenal to have a collection of uh inventive thinkers and leaders people who just want to push the envelope and uh, make you think outside of the box I was so blessed and honored to be on that stage. It felt like it was something that was so elusive to me like I would never get the opportunity. But it was on my list quietly <laughs> uh for years and uh I just decided to you know say all right, I want to go after it. If it happens, it happens. I knew I had a a powerful story to share and I'm I'm just grateful to be selected uh with um so many, you know, leaders and innovators who who took that stage and and grab life by the horns and so as I was on the stage uh, I was sharing really about uh, the work that I do especially with mentoring and, and mentoring and cancer and overcoming that and uh, it was called the Pandemic of Illiteracy. The, the TED Talk should be coming out very very soon after the editing process and all of that and you talk about the preparation to get on that stage. Everybody just sees you in the moment but how you prepare for an 8 minute speech and mine was about 7 minutes 40 seconds long as I'm under the time. was what it was all about. I might have practiced my speech about 800 times for 8 minutes. You know, it's, you think about it, it's like Michael Jordan doing his turnaround jump shot fade away over and over and over again. You weren't with me when I was shooting in the gym. You didn't see the practice. You just saw the performance. And so um, it, it was really going through the speech with a fine tooth comb. You can't bring any notes as one of the Ted commandments. Uh, You have to be in the moment. It should be electrifying. It should be engaging with the audience. And so uh, it it made me a better speaker. It made me more uh, receptive and more uh, responsive to the process of preparation uh, to to deliver something that's gonna make people think. It's gonna give them an aha moment. And then that's gonna make them go out into their community and make some changes.
0: That's fantastic. So it'll
1: be out soon? Yeah, it should be
0: out soon, yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, what's next uh, for you in that regard? I mean, uh, uh, is there something after TEDx? What, uh, you know, what do you have your
1: eye on, whether it's Quietly or here, Sherry, <laughs> give us
0: a little nugget.
1: Well, you know, uh, I do have to do another book. I know that I got to keep the ball rolling on that. So uh, 2024 is where I'll be looking at it that I, I also... I'm going to be engaging and rolling my sleeves back up to prepare for uh, my conference that I've been doing. Uh, I just started it last year. Well, I'm sorry. I just started it just this year, uh, August of 2023. It's called a- Access, Access Identity, Identity conference. conference. Yes, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. got word of that. Yes, so talk yes. about that. Fantastic. You know, Access <laughs> Identity Conference is, is a conference that I've been always wanting to do. I've always wanted to do a conference. I didn't know what the name of it was going to be. But I wanted to gather people and really uh, create change to, to really speak life into leaders and to really uh, push people into their purpose and into their greatness, and uh, this—if it wasn't for the access, I, th- this book, Identity, was the precursor for the Access Identity Conference. And um, you know, it's that question: somebody's waiting for you to become who you are, so they can become who they're supposed to be. How much longer will you make them wait? And I began to just promote it, and to my surprise, one is that it was jam-packed; it was packed out. But it's also that we had registrants and attendees from 24 states and 13 countries, and it was just my first conference. You know, so it was it was a mind-blowing experience when you're getting people from from Africa, when you're getting people from uh, Portugal and and uh, places in in uh, Paris and, and London, uh, especially throughout you know the 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 United States. It was just uh, a, a wonderful experience and one of my crowning moments in my life. And so I got a Got to do it again, you know, got to do it again. Uh, You said it was in August this year, so it'll probably be August every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, you're
0: going to be preparing now, so you're already setting it up for a year from now, basically, nine, ten months from now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And is it here in town, and how many days is the conference, and kind of
1: what's the format, and what happens? Yeah, here in town, uh, this year's format, it was a one-day conference. Uh, It was on a Saturday, um, and what we had, we had a multiplicity of speakers, speakers. whether it's panel discussions, whether it is uh, people speaking on their purpose and their story, and really how they go from 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 here to there, and how they how they were able to bounce back in business and uh, economic development and, and relationships. And so this year's uh, upcoming conference is going to be a two-day conference. So each year we'll double expand up. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the year after be three-day, but um, you know. It it left people wanting more, you know. People saying, "Wow, I need more time. I need another day. When are you gonna do the next conference?" I'm like, "I'm, like, I'm just coming All off right. the stage three minutes. This conference ain't been over yet." And they they they, they want more. And so uh, that's a beautiful thing to to leave people wanting more. And so we're gonna give them more. <laughs> give them more than they bargained for. Twenty twenty four. more. <laughs> There, there we go. go right? There we go. I love it. I love it. Heck I love yeah. it. More in 2024. That's more what it is. More in 2024. That's
0: it. Um, on that same note, let's talk about the Eagles Academy. That, yeah. uh, I don't know, if uh, I know it's not the same thing, but probably has some similarities. So um, that's something that Tom Grafford and I have talked about. Again, he's one of our senior wealth advisors at Great Lakes Wealth. And uh, we appreciate him every single day, but certainly for connecting us. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the Eagles Academy.
1: Yeah. And Tom Grafford, give us more.
0: Give us more. Time <laughs> report. I'm gonna, yeah, we'll say that at the office every day. He's gonna, he's gonna say, what about 2025? Right, I'm right, alive.
1: Right, right, I'm alive, right. <laughs> um, with the Eagles Academy, it, it's, it's really um, a gathering of, of leaders who are gonna be accountable to each other. And we talk about steps on how to soar into success and purpose. And what does success look like beyond just money? What about your mentality? Uh, beyond just, um, you know, claim and and your big name. How are you in your household? How are you in your home? Uh, What about your mother wounds and your father wounds and the things that you need to heal from? Uh, Personal success that you can't necessarily quantify with a dollar, but it's your dream, it's your determination. And then how does that merge and uh, connect on the road to purpose as well? And so I really believe, you know, uh, if you get all that right, your ideas will increase, your impact, uh, your influence, and your income will go up as a result. And so we touch on those specific areas. I do it every single week we, I, where I teach class or I bring in other uh, speakers and leaders in the community uh, to talk about their journey, to, to share, pe- share with people those steps and tools for success and purpose. We do it every single Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. People can join us uh, by registering at theeaglesacademy.com. And so it's a really uh, powerful time of networking as well, community development. We have a fi- private Facebook uh, community. We've got uh, uh, learn at your own pace types of teachings and trainings and tutorials in, the, in our video portal as well. So it's, it's really a, a, an online community uh, that has really uh, brought a lot of change for some people.
0: So it's in person and it's weekly on Wednesday evenings.
1: Well, it's it's all online. All I'm online. teaching okay, via it. Zoom. Okay, yep. And so people can just chime in wherever they are. I mean, we have people who are uh, as far region as London who are part of our, our our academy community, and so they all just connect on a link that I give them through Zoom. And I'm teaching, and I'm I'm trying to make it interactive and personable. And uh, you know, we're 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 laughing, we're crying, we're we're. We're taking notes. We're gathering information. We're exchanging ideas because I don't come in having it, knowing all the information. I believe a know-it-all really knows nothing at all, and so I I, I love to learn as I teach. How uh, How long is it each week? Uh seven thirty p.m. to about nine p.m. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: And the URL, the website for that is? TheEaglesAcademy.com. EaglesAcademy.com. And again, in case I forget towards the end, tell us the website. I think it's your name, but yeah. tell us the website where we can get the book identity, learn about all these other um, fantastic programs and resources you've come up with.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to say the revolution not only be televised, it'll be digitized. So okay. people can go to eddieconnor.com, E-D-D-I-E-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. Um, and then also my books, are, my books are available on that website, but also... Uh, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. their ebooks, audiobooks, hard copy as well. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, connect with me there at EddieConnorJR also. Get
0: it? Check it out for yeah. sure. Do all that. Yeah. Well, we're going to transition to a part of the show that's my favorite, Dr. Eddie. Yeah. And anybody who's been watching or listening knows that this is absolutely, what do we do, okay? But for the next five minutes or so, we're gonna change it up and we're gonna call it What Dr. Eddie Do, okay? And that's a segment of the show where we ask you, what would you tell your 18-year-old self or 18-year-olds out there today so that they maybe can live their best life?
1: That's so good, great question. I would say, one is that you wanna prioritize your purpose. I believe it's not too late to be great, it's not too early to get started. And the earlier you start, the better off you will be. And then also surround yourself with people who want more for you than they want from you. Um, Too many times we have people who will make more withdrawals than deposits in our life, and we end up bankrupt, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, relationally. And so uh, be around people who honor who you are, your humanity, and uh, prioritize your mental health and your purpose. My man, love that. Yes, sir. Booyah again. <laughs> there we
0: go. Um, well, let's talk about maybe again those younger listeners and those younger viewers. Again, whether it's and I just, I'm going to do it that way. Um, if anyone out there is like a journalism major or someone who really does want to write their book, and as you said, I don't know, with a dollar to your name and a I don't even know <laughs> a, whatever it was mac and cheese in the fridge um, at Eastern Michigan University, right? right and right, again, right. Uh, ramen noodles. At ramen, there, there we all go. know how that goes. There but yeah, go. so let's talk about again. We're going to focus now on a few minutes on just our younger listeners and our younger viewers. What can they do to not just survive but thrive? You just said to the 18-year-old, you know, self, what you would do. But um, in general, like again, just. Besides just getting started and we say that at our office all the time. Uh, how do you start investing? Just get started. Do it now Don't wait till tomorrow uh, But again, let's say just writing a book. What would be the uh, the advice you would give to a young person? I don't
1: know anybody who wants to start uh, and write their first book. Well, listen I'm so glad you asked because I actually have a, a best-seller book blueprint that I actually have uh, It's an 80 plus page document where I walk people through the steps of what it takes uh, to get your manuscript to the marketplace, to where your words can really change the world, um, to uh, be able to write your book, how to process it, how to develop your 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 language, your liter- literature, um, all the steps of what it takes to go from nothing to something. And that's at accessidentity.org forward slash, um, forward slash book. And, uh, um, and and people can actually go there and, and get information and, and download that. And so um, I think it is first thing you just have to take the step to actually do it. You got to carve the time out. Um, most people after all is said and done, more is said than done. This is what I'm about to do. This is what's going to happen. Until you schedule the time, until you take the time to say whether well, it's 15 minutes a day, whether well, it's 30 minutes a day that you're actually going to put in the work to make it happen, you're not gonna see the reality and the fruition of it come to pass. And so um, 80% of people wanna write a book, very few actually do. So a fine line between doers and
0: wishers. And then, is there something besides? Again, once you write it, and I've we've had other guests on the show that have written and been published as well, and they say it could take up to two years. Write eight pages a day. I mean, everyone's got their little. Just keep going, right? Just keep yeah. chopping that yeah. wood, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, after it's written, whether it's on a laptop or old school on a notepad or you know, pages in a diary. Um, What's the next step? I mean, it used to be if we'll go find a publisher. Now you can certainly self-publish, but you know, again, get your book blueprint, and that might solve the problem. But yeah. uh, is it, you know, is it uh,
1: too much to take on? Well, uh, here's the thing. Now the it's uh, consumer to purchaser. Uh, it's it's uh, more so um, contributor to consumer now, to where you cut out the middleman. And so people can do whatever it is that they would like to do, especially through the prism of social media. How do you brand yourself? How do you how are you going how are you going to market yourself? Who's your niche? who is your specific audience? You being able to itemize and define what it is your vision, what is your mission, what is this particular book about? Then also, how do you relay that information to the next person, to the audience? You know, it doesn't matter if somebody has a major traditional publishing book deal. If you even are a self publisher. And, and you go with it with that grit and that grind and that mentality that you need this book and that you need this product and this is how it's going to serve your need, there's no way that you can't succeed.
0: Just got to get it done. Got to get it done. Keep focused and make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. One day at a time. Um, another question kind of on the same subject, um, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay continuously striving to do something else? I want to finish my first book so I'll talk to you after the yeah, show yeah. about that but you got 16 so just let me borrow one <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I got mean, you bro I mean I play golf I've been playing golf my whole life I don't have a hole in one I got friends I got 10 12 20 yeah. just give me one just, right, you know right, what do you, right. I got a bunch of stuff maybe you want one of my things I don't know what it is I got a shirt <laughs> I'll give you a what do we do shirt right but anyway well, so, you help me on my
1: golf game okay book but
0: but anyway so again yeah. what is it uh you know maybe that's I don't know something from inside is it just again what is it once you've You know got to the top of the mountain once you
1: are where you are what keeps you motivated to do whatever whatever it is that's next well here's the thing i think motivation is a a continuum for me because there's a lot of days where i don't feel motivated and i have to kick in kick it into another gear with determination it's not going to get done until i do it or unless i do it and uh you know it's kind of like that mentality if it's to be it's up to me You know, it's uh, I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't feel like doing the work. I got to go past what I feel uh, to experience what it is that I need to do. And I didn't always feel like writing books. You know, I think the greatest blessing is doing what you don't feel like doing, but you got to find that spark of determination. What is my why? And because I discovered what my why is, I refuse to let what is going on around me or within me stop me from going to the next level because somebody's dependent on me doing what i need to do so it can encourage them and do what they need to do amen yeah.
0: fantastic uh well maybe on that same note then let's talk about amen and maybe some faith <laughs> where does uh, faith play into it in your world and uh, what you know you think our society um,
1: might be lacking or needs more in faith mm, great question uh you know i grew up a son of ministers and so uh you know Church has always been in me. Christ has always been in me. Uh, faith has always been a part of my life. Um, you know, even not, not always making the best decisions, but being able to bounce back and come back, and understand that there's, a, you know, reconciliation, forgiveness. And I think the moral depravity of what we're seeing in society is a lack of spirituality. Is a lack of people have lost their faith identity, and uh, we we focus so much on valuables, but not recognizing that. We're really valuable. It's not what you have; it's who you are. You'll never know who you are until you know whose you are. And everything else—the cars, the money, the clothes, the fame, the notoriety, the trips, this, that, and the other—it's all fleeting. You, you never feel fulfilled without faith as that source. You got to have a source that's bigger than resources. And uh, I think when we get back to that, we'll see our homes change. We'll see. Our, our lives change. We'll see our children uh, and our and our community at large because the community is just indicative of the family. The community is just indicative of the family. And how we go will affect how society goes. So we got to get back to the true essence and the value
0: of what is. Is that going to happen? And if so, what's going to spark that? Because I agree with you 100%. Well, and well. Um, we talked earlier, mm-hmm. you mentioned um, about um, not having uh father figures right and men not being able to read um to lead yeah um but again i think it goes back to whether it's sunday dinners and whether Mm -hmm. it's you know a broken family but having a sunday dinner it's about that family unit and um again coming together family first um but you know, do you have a take on what it's going to take? Maybe there has to be a revolution. Maybe there has to be some World War III. Maybe there has to—we all have to just have lost everything to rebuild. Or do you have another, you know, vision of the outcome to get us, you know, back
1: to where we need to be? And I don't know if we've ever gotten to where we really should be. Really. Yeah. You know, we're we're more connected than ever before, but more disconnected than ever before. And I think it is—it begins with conversations like this. It begins with us understanding that we have more in common than we do separate and apart. You know, um, it is the fact of. There's a quote that said, "You know, either we're going to hang together, we're going to hang separately. Either we we're going to hang either way." You know, uh, what sacrifices are we willing to make for the betterment of our world, of our beyond just our pocketbook? You know, beyond just uh, our social media status or how many followers that we have. Um, you know, because you can't really lead without following. And 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 what am I following? What 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 really sparks me? What really provides that ingenuity? What what are the addictions that I'm dealing with? What are the the, the the past trepidation trauma of what it is that I'm experiencing that I need to heal from and overcome? And I think when we really have those types of conversations and we really take off the mask as we were wearing one at the height of COVID. Uh, But there's still a personal mask that we're wearing. When we really do that and move into a a greater development of personal identity and self development, I think that's when we'll really see see the change. But it it begins with each one teach one and reach one and interconnect with each other. Yeah.
0: It's going to be uh, work. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. It's a lot of work to unravel it. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we're. Getting close to the end here, uh, Dr. Eddie. So I always want to make sure that I didn't miss anything. I know I probably got it all. Just kidding, for sure. You're not going to get it all in an hour, okay? (laughs) But uh, anything else that you want to make sure that our audience, our listeners, our viewers uh, get from
1: today that uh, we haven't covered yet? Listen, I I think uh, everything that you're, you're looking for is within you. You know, the other day I was looking for my glasses. They were on my face. I was looking for my phone. It was on my ear. I was looking for my watch. It was on my wrist. A lot of times we're looking around for what we already have. You know, the purpose, the idea, the leadership, the the development, the identity is all within you. What will you do to sacrifice and take the time to actually pour into yourself and the people around you um, so that you can become better for not just yourself, but better for society at at large and, and recognize that there's something that the world needs, but it can't be unveiled until it's first revealed. And when you discover it, you got to do something with it.
0: Amen, yeah. love that. What's next for you? Where are you uh, the rest of this year, 2023? And what do you see 2024 and beyond for uh, Dr.
1: Eddie Connor? Yes, uh, the next part for me, it lots of travel, uh, speaking at, at different events and, and conferences. Um, and then 2024, I just want to make massive impact massive impact on people's lives and, and, and really just help people to change their trajectory and to really tap into their uniqueness and their personal identity and their greatness and to do something with it uh, to where they can pay it back to help people move forward. We'll appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate you. And
0: I guarantee this last hour, you have done that in spades. So uh, you might just
1: be getting started <laughs> to your 2024 mission, okay? I appreciate you and the opportunity. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, what do we do? This is what this is what it's all about.
0: Absolutely. Uh, our pleasure, 100%. Thanks. And so with that, I'm going to wrap up today's show by saying, as I always say, live your best life, be radically generous, a great big booyah to ya and another episode of the books, but We're just getting started. That's right. Booyah. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.